Hi there, it's Jillian, and I want to tell you about Jillian on Love Plus, your way to get even more Jillian on Love each week by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Patreon. You can access exclusive bonus episodes with extras, including answers to your most burning questions, advice on all things dating and relationships, and much more. Check out the link in the episode description for more information. Hey there, this is Jillian on Love, and I'm on a mission to teach people how to revolutionize their romantic relationships by first transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you are in a relationship, single or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Tarecki, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, breaths, and minds. I have coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. Today's episode is called The Mature Relationship three of the most important skills to create a mature relationship. Now, of course, there are many skills that lead to creating a quote unquote mature relationship, but I wanted to zero in on three relationship skills, three things that we have to develop within ourselves and with another in order to make a mature relationship. In other words, I would say that without these three things, a relationship could be classified as immature. Now, the good thing about what I'm about to share is it doesn't matter if you're single. In fact, this is for people who are either in a relationship and want to improve their relationship and make their relationship more mature, more conscious. And if you haven't listened to my episode, The Myth of the Conscious Relationship, I would definitely take a listen to that as well. But this is also for those of you who keep having one disappointing situationship or relationship after the other, or you keep finding yourselves in these sort of unhealthy relationships. You know, a relationship that is very immature is an unhealthy relationship because two people who are behaving immaturely within it are not going to be able to create a strong foundational supportive bond that is healthy for the two of them. It doesn't matter if you are like, I just can't get this area of my life on point. You know, you might feel like you're constantly being rejected. You might find that you're constantly attracted to the wrong people, or you are in a relationship and you really want to make it better. So here I go. The first skill, and these are all things Most are going to be things that you may have heard me say before, but I'm going to share it a little differently. So the first one is responsibility, otherwise known as being accountable. Let me share something with you. Just a little warning. I say this all with so much compassion, but this episode will maybe at times for some of you feel like a little bit of tough love or not so much tough love, but these are not just three relationship skills. These are three truths that might sting a little bit. They might be hard to hear, but if you can hear them and really integrate them, they will transform your entire experience of your love life. That is a guarantee. Okay. So responsibility. 
So I have known many people, clients and otherwise, and people who message me, and I have been this person, where they've presented something to me and said, is this a red flag? And I have been very direct with them and saying, this is the biggest red flag. Because if it's that clear to me, I am not shy and I do not hold back from being crystal clear with someone. This is a red flag. If you continue to date this person, it's going to be a catastrophe. And when I say that, I'm only saying that because I know it to be true. I'm that certain of it. And sometimes these people who I've said this to have ignored my advice, even though they wanted my advice, just like I've ignored red flags in the past. And so then they get involved with this person and it ends up being a disaster. But then the story that they tell themselves is, see, I'm terrible at relationships or I'm not good enough or why do I keep getting betrayed? And so the story that they derive is a story of victimhood when really the true story is they were warned of this and they decided to ignore the warning because they had some magnetic pull to this person and they did it anyway. Now, this is part of life. We don't learn many things the not hard way. The biggest lessons that we learn in life, we learn the hard way. And that's just how it goes. And some people have to learn the lesson once and some people have to keep repeating the pattern until they reach a bottom so deep that they have no choice but to change. But the responsibility is, no, I chose this person. I knew there was a red flag there. I chose to ignore it. I refuse to make this a story that I am not good enough. I refuse to make this a story of, see, I'm just terrible in relationship. Because then I'm not good enough. I'm terrible at relationship. All men always do this to me or all women always do this to me becomes the story that defines your love life. And then you keep repeating the same patterns because you're going into relationships, believing this to begin with. Just to reiterate what I was just saying, personal responsibility says, I chose this. This isn't because I'm not good enough. This is because I allowed chemistry to be more important than my heart. I have things to heal. I have things that I need to pay attention to within myself so that I stop making these mistakes. I made the choice. It's getting involved with an alcoholic who you know is an active alcoholic, not a sober one, and then feeling betrayed when they drink. This is not a unique story that I'm sharing with you. This is the story of so many people. They meet someone, they're hugely attracted, they find out very early on that they have a drinking problem, 
they decide to ignore it or to try to change them or whatever. They justify it away. They get into a relationship. The person does not get sober. And then they feel betrayed. I'm betrayed. They're still drinking. No. You got involved with someone who was in the throes of their alcoholism. You knew it. You decided that you wanted to try to change them. You created a rule and an expectation in the relationship that in order for you to be proven that you are worthy, they were going to change and get sober. You were not betrayed. You betrayed yourself. And that's okay. We betray ourselves often, especially when it comes to this scenario, if we come, if we grow up in a family of alcoholics and whatnot. So we will do this. This doesn't mean you're a bad person. I've had to learn a lot of lessons because of betraying myself. It still doesn't change the fact that personal responsibility yields a story of humble pie self-empowerment like it's a little bit of humble pie, but it's still self empower It's much more empowering than I'm just always betrayed. I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good in relationships. I'll never find love. Something is wrong with me. Those stories are tragic. They suck. And they are literally the thing that's going to prevent you from ever being in a healthy, mature relationship. But if you can say, you know what? I made these choices. I've got some things to heal. I've got some things that I need to change. I'm going to start making different choices for myself. I'm going to reach inside me and find the part of me that is wiser and smarter and stronger. And I'm going to hire whatever help I need to read, whatever books I need to. I'm not going to make these choices anymore. And when I do, I will forgive myself. I'm going to get to forgiveness in a second, by the way. And I'm going to move forward more fastly. I'm going to listen to the red flags. I'm going to listen when my coach or my therapist tells me this is bad. I'm going to listen to when my best friend who has my back, who really knows me and who's objective, and they tell me this is a bad idea. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to that voice that's deep inside of me that knocks on the door of my brain and heart and says, nope, this is not good. I'm going to listen. And that, if you're single and struggling to find a healthy relationship or to create a healthy relationship or even find a relationship, the right person to be in a relationship with, that is the power of personal responsibility. If you're in a relationship, a marriage, whatever it is, being able to apologize, to see where you have contributed to any sort of miscommunication where you have contributed in any way to your partner feeling insecure or unloved. A relationship is a interdependent, symbiotic yoking of two people or more, like in a family system. And when we are in relationship with others, we have a responsibility for how we are going to behave and how we communicate. And we can't go into a relationship with all this individualistic idea of like, no, their feelings are their feelings and my feelings are my feelings. No, 
You can do that, but there's going to be no passion between the two of you. That's guaranteed. My partner is hurt. Maybe they are overreacting, but maybe I'm underreacting. Maybe they're not overreacting as much as I like to think that they are. My relationship is not going where I want it to go. It's not that great. I have a choice. I can blame them for it not going well. I can blame my parents. I can blame their parents. I can blame work. I can blame the weather. I can blame anyone. But if our relationship is not where we want it to be, we have to ask ourselves, what can I do differently to get this relationship back on track? And sometimes, oftentimes, that question, we don't just ask ourselves, we also have to involve our partner in that conversation. What can I do to help you help me? What can I do to get this relationship back on track? What do you need from me? And then you have two people asking that question of themselves and of each other, and you have already matured that relationship and raised its level of consciousness and conscientiousness significantly just with that. But so many of us, I've been there too, are so stubborn and our egos are so fragile that we will resist taking that kind of responsibility. Part of really co-creating a mature relationship and a more conscious relationship is being willing to transcend our egos many moments throughout a day. Another thing, which I also wanted to mention for those of you who are single, is if you keep dating people who are emotionally unavailable or afraid of commitment or just don't want to commit to you, it is very easy to then come up with a story, conclude with a story that everyone always leaves you. No one ever loves you. It's easy to then be like, you're giving me mixed messages. No, you knew this person was emotionally unavailable. You knew that they were for whatever reasons, unable to commit to you. You chose to stay in it anyway. Don't tell yourself the story. Everyone always leaves me. Stop choosing emotionally unavailable or just unavailable people or people who are just not well matched for you, but you keep going for them anyway because you haven't defined what it is that you really need and want in a partner. You keep going just based on chemistry and then tell yourself a story that everyone always leaves you. We have to be responsible for the stories that we tell ourselves that are actually getting in the way of where we want to be. If we want to be in a healthy relationship, whether we're single or in a relationship, the first thing that we have to discover is what are the stories that I'm telling myself? Can I call some BS on it? And can I take some personal responsibility for how my life is rather than see myself as a victim of my circumstances? This is so important. And what I would do, if you're really resonating with this, take out a piece of paper and a pen and start writing the story or the stories that you've been telling yourself, the thoughts, the stressful thoughts that have been in your head about who you are in relationships. They always leave all these stories that really get you down. 
and make you feel like what's the point of even being in a relationship and really sadden you. And I want you to right now take the time and I want you to challenge every single belief. I want you to be your own coach in this moment. And if you're in a relationship, they always do this, blah, blah, whatever it is, the stories, the resentment, all of that. Challenge every single story. Be your own coach. And with the power and grace of personal responsibility, see where you can rewrite that script, rewrite those thoughts so that you can look at your whole circumstance completely differently. And that's how you become your own coach. That's how you raise your own level of consciousness. And that's how you actually make it so that you can mature and find a mature relationship. I keep saying find a mature relationship. It's a ridiculous thing for me to say. Not find, create one with someone else. Number two, forgiveness. I want to talk first about micro forgiving. I don't want to jump into forgiving an infidelity or forgiving a betrayal or that's so much more complicated. I want to talk about the little things that happen all the time when you're in a relationship and you get aggravated, pissed off, you feel annoyed, you get resentful at your partner. Now, if you are finding yourself consistently annoyed feeling like just pissed off at your partner a lot, aggravated, right? There hasn't been any major betrayal, but you're feeling like you're holding some sort of grudge. And I want you to notice that everything is going to kind of boil down to personal responsibility. Like that's the first one that I said, because it's the umbrella. So let's just say that you are, again, feeling resistance towards your partner, your resistance, your heart is closed to them. You're frustrated with them. You're angry with them. Maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's just once a week that you feel that at any given moment that you feel that, let's just say. The first question I want you to ask yourself is, what expectation did I have about my partner and how they should be and should behave or should not behave? What expectation did I have that has been not met. Okay. And then you can write that down. And then the follow-up question is, how has my expectation been unfair or unrealistic? Now, I'm not saying that every single one is going to be unfair or unrealistic. I'm just asking you to do a self-exploration, a self-inquiry into your resistance towards your partner to investigate if some of that resistance can be melted away by you taking some responsibility for an unrealistic expectation that you may have, a rule that you may have about how they, quote unquote, should behave. Because sometimes, for example, when we're really hard on ourselves and we have any sort of like perfectionistic tendencies and we're really hard on ourselves and we judge ourselves harshly, it always means that we are going to judge others harshly too. And we may not judge the stranger on the street harshly or our best friend, but we will judge the person who we are in a relationship with pretty harshly because it's like a habit. So the more unrealistic and 
huge rules and expectations we have of ourselves and unfair expectations that we have of ourselves, the more likely it is we're going to have those sort of expectations when it comes to a romantic partner. So again, in the topic of forgiveness, and I'm talking about micro forgiving, but honestly, you could use this even for something that you feel is bigger than just a resistance that you're having in any given moment. You know, they didn't pick up the kids when I asked them to kind of thing, or they didn't do the dishes, right? You can apply this to anything, but it's obviously with the bigger things, it's much more difficult, but you write down what is the expectation that I had that was not met, that has led to my disappointment, resistance, hurt, anger. Follow-up question, has this or these expectations, in what way have they been unrealistic, unfair? And by the way, part of what makes part, not all, but part of what makes an expectation unrealistic or unfair is that if we don't express it, if we don't express the expectation, how then can we actually expect someone to fulfill it? Have we been expecting something from our partner that we have known since day one they are not able to do? Have we expected our partner to be, this is just a random example, just for clarity purposes. Have we been expecting our partner to be a CEO of a large firm when they are really just an artist and vice versa? So how much of our expectations been a denial and a lack of accepting of who they authentically are? And this is key because if we're going to talk about the topic of forgiveness, we have to ask ourselves why we think that we need to forgive them. Maybe our resistance and our hurt and our anger is because of something that we are actually unfairly doing to them. Again, I know that's not the case always, but I'm sharing this as a way of self-exploration. And then I want to talk about self-forgiveness, particularly within the context of, let's say, a heartbreak or a breakup. In a breakup, for example, and you can apply this to anything. I'm just using heartbreak and as a breakup as an example for clarity to really explain what I mean by self-forgiveness and why it's so important. Oftentimes when we are hurt or going through some sort of heartbreak, we'll go back and forth between blaming ourselves and blaming the other. And usually what happens is we will really end up blaming ourselves because there comes a time where we recognize that the pain that comes with not living our truth, betraying ourselves, not showing up the way that we want to show up, that pain is larger and deeper and harder to recover from than the pain inflicted upon us by someone who doesn't choose us or betrays us or anything like that. So a lot of times when we're very angry or we're mistrustful of others, usually if we peel away the onion of that 
frustration and ego and blame, what we will find at the center is a deep shame and a deep pain and a deep and unrelenting judgment of self. And we have to forgive ourselves because, look, we all do what we can do with the tools that we have and the level of consciousness that we have at the time of the relationship or the time of whatever it is that you are reflecting on in your life. We do the best that we can. And like I said, we really are meant to learn things the hard way. It's part of being human. It's part of the deal. And if we are not going to give ourselves a break, you know, of course we reflect on things, we apologize. Look, being in a relationship means we have to forgive often and we have to apologize often. We have to own our part. We have to say, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to, but you're hurt. I love you. I'm going to do better next time. What can I do differently next time? We have to forgive often because a lot of the forgiveness is getting over our own resistances. We have to let go. And if we refuse to forgive ourselves, we are holding on to something and we are transmuting it into a trauma that gets stored in our tissues and it becomes the story that becomes our narrative. And it's not fair to do to ourselves. Fairness aside, it's unnecessary. So a lot of people come to me, you know, how do I heal my inner child, inner child work? You know, all, it's all the rage right now. Forgive yourself. Now, of course, there's a healthy amount of shame with certain things when you do something wrong, right? I mean, I'm talking about personal responsibility here. I'm talking about forgiveness, I'm talking about apologies, but you got to forgive yourself. You got to let it go and go back into the world and play again. Don't hold on to the blame. We really are here to evolve. If you listen to my podcast, you want to evolve. Evolving means you've got to let go of some of the things that you're holding on, that you're not letting yourself off the hook for. We do not come with a manual. No one teaches us relationship skills in school. We learn from our parents who learn from their parents. They're all incredibly flawed. We're doing the best that we can. Forgive yourself. Number three out of the three most important relationship truths and skills to create a mature relationship. Communication. Pretty much all relationship problems can be boiled down to communication problems. We do not learn this in school. We learn about influence. We learn about debate. We maybe learn about communication when it comes to, I don't know, running a company or something like that, which I don't think we'd even learn about that. Communication is so important. We don't just communicate with our words, by the way. We communicate with our body language. We communicate with our eyes. We communicate with our actions and we communicate with our behavior. So that's very important to know because you can say, I hate you to someone and it can mean something very ugly and nasty. Or you can say, I hate you, wink. And then it leads to sex. <laughs> it's like a total flirtation strategy. So the meaning behind your words, 
your tone, your cadence, your inflection, what you're doing with your facial muscles, with your eyes and with your body language, all matter. It's not just the words that create communication. And then that being said, just basic communication when you're in a relationship, being clear about when you're getting together, being clear about when you're going to call, being clear about what needs to be done with picking up groceries, being clear about the children. Clarity is power. And so when it comes to the everyday communications that have nothing to do with repair and nothing to do with the quote unquote hard conversations, being really good at communicating the day-to-day stuff so that there is clarity and understanding is key. Let's not underrate it at all. When it comes to more difficult conversations, listening, always listen more than you speak. Listen more and ask questions. Never make assumptions about what the other person means. If you are unclear, say, what I heard you say is, fill in the blank. And then you say, is that what you meant to say? And then the other person will either say, yes, you got it. What I would advise them to say is actually, no, that's not what I meant. What I mean is, and then you take it upon yourself to explain it differently. Okay. With communication, there is no objective reality. You've got your own reality. You've got a lens through which you see the world that is a lens that is tinted with your family conditioning, with societal conditioning, with your peers, your childhood, your adolescence, your last relationship, your mourning, and the person with whom you are communicating has their own lens and you each have your own different tints and your different filters. Reality is really in the eye of the beholder. So when you're communicating, particularly when it comes to repair, The first thing you must remind yourself of is this person is seeing what happened differently than how I am seeing it based on their own stuff and based on my own stuff. Knowing that my job is to understand what it is that they saw, explain what it is that I saw with an agreement to come to some sort of understanding that the two of you saw things very differently, clarify it for each other, ask each other a lot of questions. So is this what you meant when you said that? Did you really see that? That's interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ask a lot of questions of each other. And then with communication, you don't finger point, you don't accuse, you just share your feelings. I know that you probably did not mean this, but the meaning that I have from all this was that, and that really hurt me. I'm hurt. And then the other person will want to be like very annoyed. They'll probably be very annoyed because that wasn't my intention to hurt their feelings. Now I'm the problem. And so in a way, this is what we all do in a way to deflect from our own shame because our partner is hurt. We will become defensive 
and or do what we can to try to steer that person away, our partner's focus away from their pain. Instead, what we need to do is sit with their pain, sit with our shame for being the cause of that pain, and just say, I hear you. I hurt you. It was definitely not my intention. I love you. Can we move on from this? And then the person who's in pain has to learn how to let go of grudges, not build resentment, not build resistance. Obviously, some things are really, really complicated and may need the presence of a third party to sift through all that. But there are just things that can happen. Hurt feelings can happen very, very randomly and that have nothing to do with an infidelity, for example. And we have to learn in a relationship how to be able to hold space for hurt feelings, how to forgive, how to apologize, how to be responsible. Hurt feelings is part of a relationship. We have to be able to express it without blame. We have to be able to be open and vulnerable, and we have to be able to transcend whatever impulse we have to run and hide when we feel the shame or to run and try to get them out of pain so that we can feel better about ourselves knowing they're not in pain, so therefore I don't have to feel ashamed. This is what it's all about. And the more that we can be comfortable with being responsible and forgiving ourselves, the easier it is to hold space for hurt feelings. When it comes to communication, stop speaking in code. Be clear with your words. Be clear with your texts. Especially, like I said, when it comes to the everyday, clarity is power. If you're, if you are Dating, if you're single and dating, don't assume you're in a relationship with someone. If you have any doubts, ask the questions that scare you. Be willing to listen to answers that you don't want to hear because it's all in the name of clarity. Don't make assumptions because if you make assumptions, we're in a relationship, but then they pull away, then you're going to have a story. I'm always hurt. You know, they're pulling away when really the true story is that there wasn't clarity to begin with. Don't be afraid to ask for more clarity. Is this what you want? Is this what I heard you say is, did you mean this or did you mean something else? Let me tell you more of what I meant by what I said and so on. So there you go. The three most important relationship skills when it comes to building a mature relationship, whether you are single or in a relationship or heartbroken. This is the episode that can cover all of it. I would love to hear your comments. Please email hello at jillianonlove.com. I'd love to hear more about it. I'd love to hear what kind of insights or breakthroughs that you had from this, what you're willing to commit to changing. 
I really would love for all of you to put this into practice right away. That's why. Get out the piece of paper, get out the pen, whichever one of these three really resonated with you. Start writing down your stories, your expectations. Start practicing some of the communication skills because the secret to change is application. You can listen to all this, but it's really the pen and the paper. It's really putting things into action that actually rewires old patterns and replace them with better patterns. That's the science of it. And it's so important. So if you know anyone who could really benefit from this, please share this. I would imagine for this episode in particular, there's a lot of people you can share this with because here's the truth. You just never know whose life you could be really changing and impacting. You never know whose relationship you could be saving just by sharing an episode like this. Once again, I thank you for being here. I thank you for listening. If you have have any topic requests, like I said, please reach out to us at hello at jillianonlove.com. And until next time. Jillian on Love is a Q Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Countshouse, edited in music by Will Tendy. Are you ready for the ultimate Love Island experience? Join us on After the Island. We're going back to where it all began, Fiji. Love Island USA Season 5 is making a splash on Peacock right now. And guess what? Your favorite recap show is back too. Welcome to After the Island. Join us as real-life besties and co-hosts, Elizabeth and Alex, as we deep dive into each sizzling episode of Love Island USA. We'll spill the tea, interview contestants, answer fan questions, and give you unprecedented behind-the-scenes access to the wildly popular world of Love Island. Don't miss a single moment of the drama, romance, and unforgettable island vibes. Listen to After the Island on any streaming platform. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.